Hi, men. Pastor Mike here. Good to be with you today. Thanks for joining us for our Harvest Valor men's podcast. And if you've been with us, you know we've been studying a few books of the Bible that are not so familiar as, say, the Gospel of John or Genesis or the last book, Revelation. We've been looking over the minor prophets, Habakkuk, Haggai, and we're going to be looking over uh, the the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi. And if you've been with us, I hope you've been seeing that these are not just historical accounts of days gone by, They for sure do include fascinating accounts of world history, not only of the nation Israel, but ancient Babylon and Persia, which is modern-day Iraq and Iran. But these books are relevant and important for us today to understand God's plan for all mankind. They are given to us and needed for us to understand what God is doing in our world today and also in the future. There's also great principles of faith for us to live by right now today. You know, it seems so ironic that we are reading about Israel and Persia here in the book of Haggai. And at the same time, we are reading and hearing about Israel and Persia in just about every news feed, be it CBS or ABC, Fox, CNN, Breitbart, Newsmax, even as we speak. You know, we have been praying for the nation of Israel and the people of Israel, for the hostages We've been praying for the families of those who were assassinated for being Jewish, for the families of the hostages, like Mia Shem, who was a 19-year-old college student who was being held hostage. We're praying for the innocent civilians. You know, these attacks by the terrorist group Hamas, who have made the Gaza Strip their base camp for these horrific and evil attacks on Jews and also Americans, must be addressed strongly and completely by Israel and for all freedom-loving countries, including our own. Hamas is a terrorist group of militants largely funded and supported by Iran. They attacked, raped, maimed, and killed hundreds of Jewish people living in small towns near the Gaza Strip. They also took hostages and ran back into the Gaza Strip. There were Americans killed in cold blood as well, and women, girls, even children, and now hostages are being held to try and leverage the military responses of Israel. The Gaza Strip is part of Israel. Israel has allowed the people, the Palestinian people, to live there. Israel hasn't had to do this. They have tried to set the table for peace and prosperity for all. But more than peace, some people in Gaza and neighboring nations don't want peace. They don't want a solution. They want a final solution. They want Israel out of Israel's own land, or they want them dead. Those are their own announced sentiments. Israel has offered land deals and peace on five separate occasions over the years that have included the Gaza Strip, the West Bank, and the North, only to be denied. No offer has been enough. You know, on another front, now we hear that neither Egypt or Jordan want any part of this crisis. They don't want the Palestinian people in their country, maybe because they don't want Hamas in their country, or maybe because they feel like they can put Israel in a tough situation while they're trying to defeat Hamas, who's entrenched in the area of Gaza. It seems we're hearing more about the poor people of Gaza than we are the innocent girls that are hostages and the children that were murdered and the innocent people in the Israeli towns. You know, biblically speaking, God not only promised this land to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
and you can see this in Genesis 15 and 17 and chapters 28, Jacob's name was changed by God to Israel. God himself established them there. Let me say emphatically and biblically that all the land from northern Israel up north to Lebanon, Caesarea Philippi, the Galilee, the Golan Heights, the West Bank, all the way down to the Negev Desert, uh, Elliot by the Red Sea, the Gaza Strip, from Dan to Beersheba, all have been the land of Israel historically and most importantly, biblically. Pastor Greg and Pastor Jonathan are teaching on Sunday mornings about this in the book of Joshua. So join us, you know, come to church, you know, at 8, 10, or 12 o'clock or at Harvest.Church, and you can come if you can't come in person. You know, the book of Joshua, we learn about God bringing them into this land, the promised land that he had created and promised them. You know, history tells us that Israel was established in the land with King David and Solomon, but it was conquered and occupied by a number of nation states over the years, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Byzantine Empire, the Arabs, the Crusaders, the Egyptians, the Mamluks, Ottoman Empire, the British Empire. You know, they have been run over from all sides. In most cases, it was a result of Israel rejecting God, basically blowing off God, living ungodly lives, and then God allowing them to reap what they had sowed. He also chastened them for rejecting him. But it's important to remember that even though we don't always keep our word, God does. God keeps his promises. And after years of being scattered all over the planet, God has reestablished the Jewish people in Israel more than once and recently in the last 125 years. You know, beginning in the late 1800s and early 1900s and through World War I and II to the present, the Jewish people have been moving back into their homeland because of outright persecution, because of the lack of opportunity, but mostly because God himself was and is calling them home. We know that in 1948, the U.S. and the U.N. recognized Israel as a sovereign nation. And it's interesting that the present-day location of Palestine is where the enemies of Israel, the Philistines, used to live. And, of course, they too made war and were defeated by Israel. You know, Israel isn't going anywhere. God has given them this land. He is establishing them in the promised land. In the book of Ezekiel, chapters 36 and 37... God is very clear. God says there is blessing in blessing Israel. It says in Scripture, he says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Pastor Greg has said many times that our own nation, the U.S., needs Israel more than Israel needs the U.S. Why? Because God has promised to bless those who bless Israel and to curse those who curse Israel. So let's continue to pray and support Israel in their quest for peace and prosperity in their land, and sovereignty in their land. Let's pray for the people who are hostages, for divine protection and release for the families of those who were killed. Let's pray for complete victory and a wise decision and compassionate option regarding the people of Gaza. In our chapter today in Haggai, God is calling on the Israelites to live up to their covenant relationship with God as his chosen people. They had been in captivity in Babylon, as prophesied by Jeremiah and Habakkuk, for 70 years. The Persian king, Darius, had given them license to go back to Israel. 
And many had. And many stayed in Babylon in places like New York and Burbank. No, that's that's, that's wrong. That's, that's the U.S. But they had honed out a life in Babylon and grown families and businesses. And although some really wanted to go home, others were content. God was beginning to work again. There was a revival going on. The recognized prince or leader or governor was a man named Zerubbabel, who was a descendant of King David, and also a man named Joshua, different from the Joshua of the book of Joshua, was recognized as the priest. Both were God-fearing men and leaders of the people of Israel. And God was speaking through Haggai to the people. So let's read this, picking up in Haggai chapter 2. It says, in the seventh month, on the 21st of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw the temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now in comparison with it? Is this not in your eyes as nothing? You know, Zerubbabel had led the rebuilding of the altar of sacrifice, and then the temple. Solomon's temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians, and the temple was really a key expression of Israel's faith and existence as a nation. As we learned from our last podcast, they had begun by laying the foundation stone and they had got distracted by some opposition and basically left the work and began working on their own houses and lives, kind of leaving God out. Have you ever done that? Even then, men were being distracted by the world and its attractions. And God called them out and said, consider your ways, get back to putting me first. So they completed the temple that we know that Ezra helped in completing the building of the temple, but it really didn't look like an upgrade. It didn't have the former glory of Solomon's temple. But, you know, God didn't really care about that. God cared about the people. He cared about them. And yes, the temple was important, but the temple was not about the gold and the silver. It was the place to worship, to meet with God, to learn of God, to be God's people. And God didn't want them feeling you know, down and bad about that. And so he began to encourage them. And in verse four of chapter two, he says, yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, the son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord. And work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. Verse five, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. So my spirit remains among you, do not fear. Man, I love that passage. There's four things God tells Zerubbabel, four things he tells Joshua and the people, four things. He says, one, be strong. He says, two, work. He says, three, my spirit is with you. And then he says, do not fear. They needed to hear this. They hadn't measured up. They weren't the kingdom that they used to be, and the temple was not as great. The walls weren't built around Jerusalem yet, which Nehemiah would later come and complete. As well as Ezra consecrating the temple and the word, there was a sense of instability. They were wondering, when is this other shoe going to drop? And God sends his word through Haggai to encourage them and motivate them. Guys, God says the same thing to us. We need this word today. First, he tells them, to be strong. Be strong. 
You know, in Ephesians 6.10, it says to us, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You know, we're not to be weaklings. We're not to be victims. We have God's power and strength to see us through every trial and temptation. Be strong in the Lord. He tells them to keep working, you know, to keep serving. We serve a working God. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are his workmanship created in Christ for good works that we might walk in them. Philippians 2.13 says, It is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. You know, there's no quit for the man of God. No running. No laying down the trowel, so to speak. We have to keep working, keep building, keep seeking God's work in our lives. Never stop serving God this side of heaven. No matter how old you are, you may be 35, 65, or 85. We need to keep working because Christ wants to work in us and through us. The third thing Haggai reminds them of is that my spirit is with you. My spirit is with you. You know, we are never alone or abandoned. Romans 8.11 says, But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. We have the Spirit of God living in us. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God and your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. You know, God doesn't leave us. He's always with us. The fourth thing that God reminds Haggai to tell the people is to fear not. You know, the only way we can face our fears is to take it on with our faith in God and with his promises. Our faith can conquer our fears. You know, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You know, fear can be crippling. You know, it can cause you to freeze. Maybe it causes you to run. But God wants us to face our fears with our faith, with our faith, and with God's promises. God is telling us today, believers, his church, the same thing he was telling the Israelites them. He wants them to believe now. Be strong in the Lord. Keep working, not for salvation, but because of our salvation. God's Spirit is with us and in us and upon us, and we don't need to be afraid. You know, we all have stuff going on in our lives constantly, things going on in our country, the world, and we need to hang on to these truths, these promises. Let's read on. God says to Haggai, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more, it is a little while, I will shake the heaven and the earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake the nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And this is the place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. God says, I'm not done working. I'm going to accomplish some great things. You know, the word to Zerubbabel was only partially fulfilled in his time. You know, Zerubbabel never became a conquering power. This prophecy is going to be fulfilled in the future. You know, this temple was built and destroyed and built again 
and destroyed again in 70 AD. And we know it's going to be built again. But this prophecy is really for a later time. God is going to have this place of worship, and it's going to be glorious. You know, prophecy is sometimes hard to get our arms completely around, but it's given to us to help us in our faith. You know, 1 Corinthians 14, 3 says, he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. It's given to give us hope in God. And there are things in our lives that we may not see fulfilled in our lives, but God still gives us, you know, his promises in his word to encourage us to press on. You know, my mom was a, you know, solid Christian. Both my parents were. And they prayed for all of her kids. I have uh, two sisters and a brother. And my mom prayed, my mom and dad prayed for all of us. But I remember my mom praying specifically for my youngest sister because she wasn't walking with the Lord. And my mom was really uh, about ready to pass on, and she was still praying for my younger sister. And she believed that God was going to bring her back to Jesus. And she kept praying. And, you know, my mom passed away a couple years ago, but my sister today is walking with the Lord and uh, has a great faith. And my mom had laid claim to God's promises. And I just love that because God answered that prayer, and um, even though my mom didn't see that. And some of our prayers are going to be that way, too. We're going to be praying for things. God has laid something on our heart, uh, a work maybe, um, maybe something that we'll see it partially fulfilled, but not completely fulfilled. But that doesn't mean we should stop working or stop praying for that thing. You know, there's four things the Lord told the people to do through Haggai, four things that he tells us to be strong, to keep working, that his spirit is with you and in you, and to fear not. And today we need to be reminded that God is still working in our lives and he will give us the strength to live for him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, this short book of Haggai, where you spoke to Haggai to speak to the people to encourage them to stay strong in you and to keep working for you and to recognize that you were with them and that you had a plan and a purpose and then they didn't need to fear. And Lord, we need those same words. We cling to those same promises. And Lord, I pray for anyone out there who needs to just grab hold of these truths and apply them in their lives. And Lord, we just uh, thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. And so we want to commit our lives to you. We ask for your strength to empower us to live for you. And we thank you for your love in our lives. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you guys, thanks for joining us, and um, God bless you, and we'll catch up with you next time. Again, this is Pastor Mike signing off from the Harvest Valor Men's Podcast.